Monday, Hey Tishrei, Tuf Shin Ayin Dalid, the fifth day in the month of Tishrei 5774. Shana Tova. We're coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. with a uh, new release, released a single in honor of the Amim Noraim and the beginning of the new year called Keter Milucha. We debuted it for you here on The Israel Show. Shana Tova. Wishing one and all a Shana Tova, a happy and healthy Tufshin Ayin Dalid 5774. Hope you had a wonderful um Rosh Hashanah slash Shabbat. Hope you survived the 
rather long three-day Chag, especially those in Israel. You know, in Israel, here in America, unfortunately, uh, or anywhere outside of Israel, um, we're used to uh, a three-day marathon Chag slash Shabbat, and we have two more coming up. Sukkot, the first days and the last days, also will be a three-day marathon. But in Israel, they're not used to it. In Israel, it's one day, and Rosh Hashanah is tough. It's two days. This year, Rosh Hashanah in Israel, as well as the rest of the world, is three days. So I hope you survived that. And after that um, issue, the Israelis now had to deal with um, a whole timing problem. That's right. (laughs) We'll tell you a little bit about that later about why people came late to work and to school yesterday and how it might affect you even if you don't live in Israel. Uh, welcome to the Israel Show of Tavshin Ayin Dalid. We're here every Monday morning, immediately following JM in the AM. Almost, almost always we are live, as we are this morning. Last week, we uh, were not live because we were privileged to participate in uh, a um, happy anniversary Special happy anniversary broadcast on Jam in the AM that took place uh, a week ago, last Monday morning. All of the Jam in the AM um, and Nachum Siegel Network staff and volunteers came down to WFMU and uh, wished Nachum Siegel a very, very happy 30th, 30th anniversary at Jam in the AM. We'll continue with the music. Udi Davidi off of his album Ruchot Tovot. This one is Min'i Kolech, of course, referring to Rachel Mevaka Albaneha, something we read in the Haftarah on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Mi 
Davidi with min e kolech, referring of course to the words that we read on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, the words from Sefer Yirmiyahu, famous, famous words, Rachel mevakal baneha, Rachel, our mother Rachel, Ima Rachel, crying for her children as she watches them go out into the exile during the first temple period, the Churban Bait we shown um, over the Chag, I read a uh, sermon that was given by Rabbi Dr. Norman Lamb back in the 1960s, when he was a young rabbi, and uh, it actually dovetailed with a sermon that was given this year uh, in the Avna Minion by Rabbi Moshe Sokol, comparing the cries of two different women that we read about on Rosh Hashanah. On the first day, in the Kriyata Torah, in the Torah portion of the uh, the Torah reading that we do on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, we read about Hagar. Hagar is thrown out of the house. Sarah tells Avraham to throw her out. God says to Avraham, listen to her. She and her son Yishmael end up in the desert. And uh, the water that they had just ends. Doesn't, uh, doesn't get them to where they, uh, to where they need to get to. And her son, Ishmael is dying. And she takes the kid and throws him under one of the bushes. Vatashlech, literally throw. And then she walks away from her suffering child. She walks away. And she says, I don't want to see my child die. She raises her voice and cries. And this cry, as pointed out by the rabbis, is a cry of despair. She has no more hope. She's given up. Says the next person, God Here's the voice of the boy, not of Hagar. Interesting, just was telling us that Hagar was crying. Didn't say anywhere that the boy was crying. God doesn't listen to Hagar's tears, uh, cries. God doesn't see her tears. Because tears of despair, when someone says there's no hope, God doesn't listen to them. There's no hope, you've given up. On the other hand, Rachel, as we read in the Haftarah, the second day of Rosh Hashanah, Rachel mevaka al baneha, she is crying too. But, me'ana lehinachem al baneha. She refuses to be consoled. She doesn't despair. She holds out hope. 
and therefore God listens and gives her the encouragement and gives her the strength and gives her the chizuk. Min ikolech mi bechi ve'enayich mi dimah. Ki yesh sachar lefulateich. You will be rewarded, as we have seen with our own eyes, in our own generation, v'shavu vanim l'gvulam. As the children of Rachel returned back to their land, to the place that we hold as a sacred place of Kfurat Rachel as well, Kever Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Israel Show. We're coming to you live from the uh, offices of Ariel Tours. Special shout out to our Facebook Friends, 113 friends as we start out. Tavshin Ayin Dalet, special shout out to Judy and Trucker Yitz who are always there. Such loyal listeners and loyal fans. We thank you so much. And uh, you can join our Facebook page. We post links to stories that we uh, discuss, uh, news stories. We post links to um, the music videos of uh, many of the songs we play, facebook.com slash The Israel Show, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Take a look, give a like, and have a listen. Uh, you can uh, comment there. You can send us email, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachomsegel.com, mayor, M-E-I-R, at nachomsegel.com. And the big news, big news is that The Israel Show, as well as many of the other Nachum Siegel Network broadcasts, is now available as a podcast. You can subscribe to it and it will automatically download into your iPhone or other MP3 player every week as it is updated online on the podcast list. So um, we're going to post it. I think we posted a link. We'll post it again. Or just go to the iTunes store and do a search for podcasts, The Israel Show or Nachum Siegel Network. Of course, you can hear the show as well via the Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available for iPhone and for Android. Kol Achai, very, very popular group, three brothers from Israel, the Goldschmidt brothers, Yitzhak Yossi and Boaz, were known for their beautiful harmonies. They put out four albums. Haven't been active for quite a while, but one of the things that they recorded that never actually got published, was never made public, was um, a Kol Nidre. And I happen to have a recording of it, and we'll be happy to share it with you. Originally from Yerushalayim, now two of them are in Yerushalayim, one is in Modi'in. Here is, I don't believe ever before broadcast, Kol Achai with their version of Kol Nidre. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shatana, 
עד יום כיפורים. voices of Kolachai, Yitzhak Yossi and Boaz Goldschmidt. This, uh, that was a cut not on any of their albums. Um, and by the way, their albums are available online. You can download either an entire album or actually just buy one song, if you like. It's kolachai.com, K-O-L-A-C-H-I.com. Kol Achai, K-O-L-A-C-H-A-I dot com for any of their, um, the albums that they've released, unlike the Kol Nidre, which is exclusively heard right here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day, a part of your New Year, Tufshin Ayin Dalad. Last week we, um, you know what, well, we're going to go go to something else first. News from Israel. This is actually breaking news from Israel. It uh, was released today in excavations at the foot of the Temple Mount of Har Habayit. Archaeologists Dr. Elat Mazar made a stunning discovery. Yet another one. We love sharing these with you. This is yet another discovery. Two bundles of treasure, literally, containing 36 gold coins, and gold and silver jewelry, and a gold medallion with the image of the menorah, the menorah that was in the Beit HaMikdash, the image of it etched into the gold medallion, and also etched into it a shofar, appropriate for this time of year, and the image of a Torah scroll. The medallion was uh, is 10 centimeters. And the medallion, maybe, maybe, they conjecture, they're not sure, because no one's around to tell them from that period of time, the medallion may be the oldest Torah ornament ever found in archaeological digs. Now, they believe that this uh, dates back to the period, the Byzantine period, what they call the Byzantine period, which was around the year let's say 500 of the common era, which means about 
I don't know, 1,500 years ago <laughs> or thereabouts. Wow, 1,500 years ago. This is uh, several hundred years after the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed. And it was discovered in a ruined public structure a mere 50 meters, it's about 50 yards, from the southern wall of the Temple Mount, which is pretty amazing. This medallion, and the reason they think it was maybe an ornament for a Torah scroll, was actually hanging from a gold chain, like we put on the breastplate on the Torah scroll and adorn it with other things in order to make it beautiful. Wow. This cache, the Ophel cache, that area is called the Ophel. The Ophel cache is only the third collection of gold coins to be found in archaeological excavations in Yerushalayim. Wow. It's just amazing. And, you know, the being that it was 1,500 years ago, we have to assume that the people who etched the picture of the menorah um, had a better idea of what the menorah in the Bet HaMikdash looked like as they were that much closer to it in time than we are. So it's very interesting. I am going to post a link to that story from Israel National News. It's in all the Israeli papers, but I will post the link to the Arutsheva um, Israel National News site, and you can see a picture of the coins of where exactly they were found, and most impressively, of this gold medallion, which uh, has the engraving or the etching of the menorah, a shofar, and a Torah skull that's going up right now on facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Last week, we began uh, discussing the history of the Yom Kippur War 40 years ago this year, this Yom Kippur. That year, it also was a Shabbat. The state of Israel was caught off guard, absolutely off guard, by the combined Arab armies of Egypt and Syria. Jordan was smart this time. They uh, stayed out of it. And for the first few days of the war, it actually seemed like Israel might, God forbid, be defeated, might be wiped out. Miraculous, miracles, miracles, and at the end of the war, some 18 days later, not only was Israel not wiped out, but the Israeli army crossed the Suez Canal into Egypt, had forces on the other side in Egypt itself, and up north, Israeli forces actually entered Syria and were not far from Damascus, could have the, the um, capital of Syria could have ended up there. Um, that time it was Assad, the father, Assad Sr., Papa Assad, the current Assad's parent. Um, the song that is probably most associated with that war, and we mentioned it last week, is the song written by Naomi Shemer, Lu Yehi, Let It Be. And today we hope to play for you two versions of that song. One very old and one very new. And we're going to start with the very old one. This is Naomi Shemer, um, recorded off of a um, broadcast, television broadcast, in which she presented this song for the first time ever to the Israeli people. And it's interesting because after she played it, after she sang it here in this uh, in its debut, she made changes to it. There are changes to the chorus, and there's actually some changes here, there, one or two words to the words as we know them today. Very, very cool. And we'll post a link to the video, and you can see it. Nomi Shemer singing Lu Yehi for the very first time. I guess you would call this almost the final draft of the song as it was changed later. So... Um, it's a rare, it's a rare find, this recording. Hope you enjoy it. Naomi Shemer singing Lu Yehi, the most, most popular Yom Kippur War song. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> (laughs) 
Lu Yehi, and you hear the uh, broadcaster saying Hatiyuta, the draft, as it was later changed. One of the changes you might have noticed in the refrain, Naomi Shemer um, sings Lu Yehi, Lu Yehi, Lu Yehi, and she changed that, and it sounds much better, to Ana Lu Yehi. She added the word Ana there rather than just schlepping the Yehi. So there you have it. It's a rare recording of Nomi Shemer. And we posted a link so you can see the video of it as well. Um, many of you might be aware of the fact that uh, while in most parts of the world, daylight savings time, the switch between daylight savings time and standard time is well known. Uh, the dates for when the switch happens are well known in advance, probably years in advance. In Israel, it's become a political um, football, a political and maybe possibly religious football, which uh, has been fought over and over again. And every year they keep changing the laws, the Knesset, depending on the coalition and who's in charge, makes it shorter and makes it longer. When Shas is uh, in the coalition and they're in charge of the Ministry of Internal Affairs, Mistrata Pnim, Shas, like the Shas party, uh, changed back from um, daylight savings time to standard time earlier in the year. They tried to do it before Yom Kippur so that um, the fast should end earlier. 
It's not that it's shorter, but it'll end earlier. Um, and also, um, they try to make it uh, as early as possible for slichot, the svaradim who wake up early for slichot and so forth. Um, this year, when the new Netanyahu government came into uh, control, into power, and the Shas party is out, so right away they changed the rule. And so a few weeks ago, uh, a few months ago actually, the Knesset passed the law that the uh, daylight savings time will be extended. It was supposed to end right after Rosh Hashanah, this past um, Saturday night. But it's now been extended till the end of October. However, all the computers and the smartphones and the apps, everything has been programmed to switch yesterday. And even though there were a lot of um, warnings about this, many people just didn't switch their phones. And yesterday, they say that thousands, thousands of people actually ended up being late to wherever they needed to go. Kids came late to school. People came late to work. <laughs> it's amazing. I got to say, it's really only in Israel can this happen. Um, somebody in Israel says, um, shows how dependent we've become on our phones, that people actually don't have watches. A lot of people don't look at their watch or don't wear watches, and they just have the time on their phone and use that. Or they use it as the alarm clock, and so the alarm went off an hour late. And the way to fix this, now, I thought it was only an Israel problem this morning on my uh, on my MacBook Pro. I have a, in the dashboard, I have a little dashboard, um, I forgot what it's called, it's not called an app, but um, the little um, dashboard application, where I have two clocks, one is for the U.S. time and one is for Israel time, and I noticed that Israel time was incorrect. So um, the answer is, how to change it is, change that clock to be as if instead of sending it to Jerusalem, Israel, or Tel Aviv, Israel, set it to Athens, Greece. And the time will be correct, and it'll switch on the right day, because it just so happens that this year, Israel and Greece are uh, on the same switchover cutoff date. It's crazy. It is really crazy. So I did that, and it worked. So if you have one of those uh, digital dual clocks, which has Israel time and America time, switched Israel time to Athens, Greece. And just to avoid any confusion, there is still a seven-hour difference between Israel and the United States, and it will remain such until the end of October, when Israel will switch, America will switch a little later. Okay, um, Meir Milim segments. Here's a new one. Uh, this one's a little tough. you gotta, you got to keep with it. In our Meir Milim segment, we shed light on a word or a phrase in the Hebrew language. Uh, Meir Milim is inspired by the Galait Sahal radio segments of Dr. Avshalom Kor and informed by the teachings of Dr. Lior Gottlieb. Here is this week's installment. Aleph Tishrei, the first of the month, the first of the year. When we think of Aleph, we of course think of one, the first. But in the Torah, Aleph also means, hang on for the surprising revelation. Ah, the music of the bullfight. One of the most savage and disgusting, quote-unquote, sports that humanity somehow still allows, pitting man against bull. The man is called a toreador, because in Spanish, the word for bull, or ox, is toro. Look up in the sky. The constellation 
of stars that looks like the head of a bull is called Taurus. Which is why when Ford Motors wants to market a big, strong car like Bull, it called it the Ford Taurus. And as we work our way back, the origin of Toro, Taurus, Toreador, is from Aramaic, Hebrew's sister language. Yes, in Aramaic, the word for ox or bull is Torah. Actually, it's one of those words that you know without realizing that you know it. Think back to the end of the Pesach Seder. The father bought a little goat, one gadya, which goes through a whole chadadya of events, one of which is... Ve'asa Torah v'shatalamaya. The ox drinks the water, and of course his role ends when... Ve'asa hashochet, butcher, the slaughterer, comes and v'shachat Torah and slaughters the ox. Torah is the ox. Why is this relevant to a Hebrew language segment? Well, because Torah is actually a Hebrew word with a slight twist. You may know the Hebrew word for ox. An ox that gored a cow, shor shenagachet ha we learn in the Mishnah. The ox, the bull, is a shor, shin vavresh. So if we take the Aramaic word Torah and we drop the Aleph, which is not a regular consonant, the Aramaic and Hebrew are the same, but for the shin of shor becoming a Tough of Tor. Now this phenomenon is called, in Hebrew, chilufotiot, the switching of letters. In certain situations, a letter gets replaced when the word gets moved from Hebrew to Aramaic. The shin to tough example isn't so tough at all. Here is an easy example for all of us to remember. Tanya, we learned. Even in my limited Yiddish, I understand. Avram Fried explaining that Tanya is hop gelernt. We learned. A Tana is one who taught us the Mishnah. He is a Shoneh. He teaches us. Which is how we get the word Mishnah, which was written by the Tanaim. The Tana is a Shoneh. Shana Mishnah. Another example, the Hebrew word shalosh, the number three, becomes in Aramaic tlosa, tlat, shin, gets converted to a tough, lamid, and shin again, shalosh, tlat. Torah, Torah is a shore, an axe. Several places in Chumash, God promises to bless us. He'll bless the fruit of our womb, Baruch Privit Necha, the fruit of our womb, not to be confused with fruit of the loom. Ufriyad Matecha, that which grows out of the ground, the agriculture produce. Ufri Behemtecha, the offspring of your cattle. And what is an example of that? Well, the Pesach continues. Shigar Alafecha, Veashterot Sonecha. Now we'll finally see how Aleph is an ox. Shagar means the offspring. The offspring of your Aleph. Alafecha. Aleph Shelach. Look at the Aramaic Targum Unculus word for Alafecha. You guessed it. Torach. Your Tor. Tav Vavresh. Aleph actually means Shor. An ox. In fact, in the original Hebrew script, the font used until the Chorban Beit HaMikdash, until the first exile of the Jews to Bavel, the letter Aleph was represented by a stick figure diagram of the head of an ox. 
If this wouldn't be radio, I could show it to you. Yes, one of the earliest meanings of Aleph is not one, it is actually Shor, the ox. In a future Meir Milim segment, we'll continue with the development, and we'll look at how the Aleph becomes a word indicating study or teaching, like the modern Ulpan, a place to learn Hebrew. No bull. Aleph means Shor. In Aramaic, the Shin becomes a Tuf, and the word is Torah, which makes its way into many other languages in the form of Toro, Toriador, and Taurus, the Ox. And that's this week's installment of the Meir Milim segment. My name is Meir Wangarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. with uh, the Aleph Bet song, as they taught it, uh, it seems that that was the melody that they used, I believe, in Yemen. Notice at the end he pronounces the Vav as Wav one time, I guess, to give props to the Yemenites who pronounce it that way. Uh, And here's an addendum to the Hebrew language segment that we just did. Uh, We spoke about the word Aleph or Aleph which means an ox. So, believe it or not, in the Oxford English Dictionary, and the Oxford is not related to the ox, um, they mention that the word that we use to describe a very, very large gray animal, 
is elephant. And that possibly the word elephant came into use in our language because it is the the prefix of it, elef, or aleph, elef, is the Hebrew word for a large animal. And so they added the ant, elephant, to it. And so elephant is coming out of the Hebrew word elef, aleph, elef, for a large animal. That's pretty amazing. I would have never thought that was true, but it actually does. I had someone check it out, and it does appear that way as a possibility in the Oxford English Dictionary. Um, boy, we have um, – how are we going to do this? Okay, we have a lot of stuff to still cover, and so um, we promised you that new Lu Yehi, so we'll use that as the closer. How's that? Okay, it's a good idea, he says to himself as he thinks out loud. Uh, some good news from Israel. Of course, the tension in Israel is high. As the Syrian crisis continues, President Obama is uh, considering whether he should uh, actually <laughs> stick to his red line. He set a red line. Now he's Now he's asking Congress if he should actually stick to it. In the meantime, they're sending Assad a... Uh, reserve the date card, you know, when we're going to come with the bombs. It's amazing. It's amazing how the country that used to be the superpower of the world is um, slowly losing its prestige and losing its power. And countries like uh, Russia and China are going to slowly overtake us. It's pretty sad. But some good news from Israel For the first time in the history of modern Israel, an Israeli won the gold medal in the Judo World Championships. Her name is Yarden Jerby. And she became the first Israeli to win a gold medal at the Judo World Championships in Rio de Janeiro. She did it, um, I don't know anything about Judo. Listener Uri can probably uh, post something about that. But she did it in amazingly fast time. And very, very. She, she beat her opponents one after the other. And each one of them she beat very quickly in a matter of seconds, I understand. So we send out Mazaltov wishes to Yarden Jerby and uh, to the State of Israel for their accomplishment in sports. Another... Um, Nice piece of news, Um, Bloomberg, the Bloomberg News Organization, ranks the world's high-tech CEOs to see what universities they came from, where they studied. And they found, now these are CEOs of companies with a market value of more than $1 billion, and they found that the Technion Israel's Institute of Technology in Haifa is tied for seventh with MIT. That's so cool. Not surprising because Israel is such a great high-tech leader. They say Israel doesn't have national uh, natural resources. We do. And it's us. It's citizens. And we'll end off um, this Assert Yemei Tshuva, New Year between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur show with uh, some nice news from Israel. According to the statistics of the uh, Interior Ministry's population registry, we begin 5774 with a population in the state of Israel of 8 million. 730,562 people. Israel's most common baby names are Noah, Shira, Tamar, Talia, and Yael for girls. And the most popular boys' names are Itai, Daniel, Ori, Yosef, and Noah. Interesting mix between new and old there. Very cool. To think back 
to the period between World War One and the founding of the State of Israel, when we were trying to convince the British and the world that this land, this little piece of land, can accommodate many, many people. And the big experts from all over the world said, well, the most would be three million. That was an, a, a huge, exaggeratedly large number, they thought. Three million people could survive in this little territory called that we call today the State of Israel. Three million. There would be enough water and enough food and so forth. Well, here we are. Eight million. 730,562, almost 9 million people. And I believe that this year also Israel became the place where there are more Jews living than there are anywhere else in the world. That's great news to end. Uh, we're going to end with um, the latest version of Nomi Shemer's Lu Yehi. This one is uh, done, it's a very, very interesting, it's done by Iris and Ofer Portugali and a gospel choir, and it is a mesh of Nomi Shemer's Lu Yehi and the Beatles' Let It Be. Nomi Shemer always said that she was inspired by the Beatles' song Let It Be, the words Lu Yehi, which means Let It Be, and um, this choir actually meshes the two songs, beautiful uh, renditions, brand new, just released over the last few weeks in Israel. Uh, we'll end off with that. Not before, we thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Stay tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network for a great Music Monday mix. Until next Monday. I wish you all a Gemar Chatimah Tova. This is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Thank you.